I'm Ava Hartling. Welcome to The Brand is Female. My guest this week is Tanika Clark-Powell, the founder and designer of Slayed by Ten. This season of our podcast is brought to you by TD Women in Enterprise. TD helps women in business achieve success and growth through their educational workshops, financing, and mentorship programs. Visit thebrandisfemale.com slash podcast and follow the link to find out how TD can help. Tanika began making her own clothes at home while in her last year of law school. When people on the street started asking who had made her clothes, she knew there was a business there. Tanika applied her corporate background and skills to the launch of her new business. Fast forward six years later, Tanika's company, Slayed by Ten, is a thriving operation with six employees, a physical store location, garments sold worldwide, and an appearance at Paris Fashion Week and Vancouver Fashion Week. Tanika both designs for her couture label and leads the company's strategy and growth while still being a present mom of four kids. Here is my conversation with Tanika Clark-Powell. Tanika, it's such a pleasure having you on The Bread is Female today. Thank you for making time to speak with me. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be on this platform with you today. So can't wait to get started. Wonderful. And if you've heard, you know, an episode before, you know that I like to start by going to the origin story of your business and your journey as an entrepreneur. So I want to ask you, growing up, what did you think you'd be doing later in life? What kind of career were you imagining for yourself? Um, So for me, actually growing up, I always thought I would be an interior designer. I loved interior design, anything with a home decor, architecture. Um, And then later on in life, going to university, I was planning to be a lawyer. Um, So I went to school because I wanted to study law. Now, somewhere in there, um, fashion design uh, sparked my interest and I kind of segue and took a leap of faith. And now I'm a business owner, a designer. I have a team and we're making custom gowns all over the world. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of how I started off. Well, I can see the connection between interior design and fashion design. I mean, you already had an interest in, you know, something creative and uh, based on based on trends and styles. So uh, exactly. that, that wasn't too far off. Um, who was a source of inspiration for you? Uh, you know, were there entrepreneurs around you go- growing up or did you have role models, uh, maybe even outside your home that were a source of inspiration? Um, I would say my uncle, uh, my uncle and his wife, uh, they had every year, I think they had a new business. They were always adapting and trying something new that was happening at the time. And uh, back then it wasn't as easy, I think, as now where you have social media and all of these platforms to kind of Of help you. Mm -hmm. It was a lot more door knocking and sending out mail flyers uh, to people in the neighborhood and uh, more word of mouth, I think. Um, So seeing my uncle um, always trying new things and just adapting and it kind of gave me that inspiration that, you know, I don't have to, to do what, um, you know, do things the, the normal way, the normal Mm -hmm. route. It's okay Mm -hmm. for you to step outside of that and, you know, do things on your own or try things on your own. And if you fail, it's okay. That's okay too. You just continue trying. Mm -hmm. Like I said, he had multiple businesses. (laughs) I love that. And tell me about a kind of the, the first time your business, you know, came up for you. How did you, uh, how did you imagine it, it would, it would take place and what was kind of that spark for, 
you know, putting together everything you needed to launch the business? So um, actually, before I launched Slade by 10, I was meddling in another business, which was like phone cases. Um, So it was like iPhone cases at the time and um, the selfie sticks. And um, I was just trying something out. Fashion, however, came into play because as I was trying to focus on this cell phone case business, I would always be making my own clothes. So if I'm going to a party or someone's event, I'm wearing something I made. And um, with doing that, I had a lot of inquiries like, oh my gosh, I love your gown. Where did you buy it? Oh, you know, I made it. And they're like, oh my gosh, can you make me one too? And I was like, no, because I didn't go to school for this. So I wasn't confident in myself, not realizing that I had all of these people wanting this service from me. I kept telling everyone no, because I didn't go to school for sewing. I'm self-taught. Um, eventually I took that leap and someone was like to me one day, honestly, Tanika, you've had so many people asking you to make you something. I feel like you're almost being silly if you continue to say no, because clearly you do have a skill here. Mm -hmm. Um, so I took the leap and I made the first person's dress and I was super hard on myself about everything because I'm normally making stuff for myself. Now I'm making Mm -hmm. something for someone else. Um, but that's really the start of it. So I had no expectations with this business. I had no idea how far it would go. It started off as a hobby as my, of my own and something that people, you know, started reaching out to me to do for them. And, and now uh, this is where I am. And, um, when did it feel like you, you know, you were going to have kind of a successful business on your hands because I can detect a hint of, you know, imposter syndrome, which uh, I hear from a lot of women entrepreneurs who, you know, come on the show. And especially when they're starting their business, they feel like, oh, this is not what I'm meant to be doing, or this is something I only do for myself. Why would I do it Mm -hmm. on, on a grander scale? So when did the shift take place for you? when you finally felt like, okay, this, this can be a viable business and I can be successful at this. <laughs> um, I continued to get a lot of inquiries um, via email. And I was like getting overwhelmed at one point. I'm like, you guys really all want me to do this for you? Like, okay. Um, so I said, let me do some photo shoots. Let me, I was working at nine to five um, in the right. corporate world. Mm-hmm. Um, so on the side, again, I'm doing this business. I said, let me try to take it a little bit more seriously. Let me do, let me do some photo shoots. Let me gather some models. So I got some family and friends, um, to do some modeling for me, hired a photographer, took some professional photos. And in doing that, it just continued to grow my business at the time. I didn't know like, this is marketing. Like right. I'm just trying to showcase <laughs> what I'm doing, not knowing, mm-hmm. Oh, I'm really marketing the brand. Um, so I think for me, when it took the, the turn was when I had, um, a fashion show coordinator, um, by the name of Ty, um, she was doing a fashion show called fashion forward and it was her first fashion show. And she had reached out to me and said, you know, we love your work. We love what you're doing. We'd love to have you on in our fashion show. I was telling her, honestly, I don't think I'm like the right person for this. Like I didn't go to school for this again, always just, you know, downing myself. Like, um, 
you know, I don't think I'm the right person for you. And she was like, listen, like we love your work, what you're doing here. And we've been hearing so much good things about you. We really want you on this show. Um, so I did it. And in doing so, things just continued to go up from there. Next was fashion, uh, Vancouver Fashion Week, um, other small fashion shows, and then eventually Paris Fashion Week. So um, for me, um, the turn, I guess that first turn would have been when that person reached out to me, Ty, by the name of Ty for Fashion Forward. Um, I knew it was, okay, I'm really doing stuff now. Mm-hmm. Tell me about managing growth for your business going from obviously you starting, you know, the the company as a, a side hustle in addition to your job and then moving into this being your kind of your main project and with the brand going through different iterations throughout that that period. Uh, how do you manage those, those kind of steps towards growth? Um, so for me, I, I started sewing um, in my, in my living room of, of my house. Um, so I would be going to work nine to five in the morning. I'd wake up at seven because I had to drop my kids to school and then I go to work, I come home and I'd be up sewing until about like 2am. Um, and then now I was moving, I had bought a house that wasn't ready yet and I had to temporarily move into another location. So I wasn't going to have that in-house office where I can sew. So uh, I found a little unit uh, in an industrial building, a small two-story building. So I was renting out a small room in this unit um, and I'd have my baby with me there every day and the other older ones at school. And um, after that, again, this didn't like, this wasn't in the plan. It just happened. Um, I was given the opportunity to take over the full lease of the two-story unit Um, so I did that. I was like, okay, let me just see where this goes. Took over the full two story lease. Then I did some small renovations. It was all carpet and stuff. So I did some small renovations at the time and started a a retail store within the space. Mm. Um, so then I was able to have customers coming into our physical location to purchase stuff we have in store. And then now fast forward to 2023, we have renovated and gut the whole place, taken out walls, um, ex- uh, you know, uh, have chandeliers, new flooring, marble tops, uh, like you name it, everything has changed completely. And I mean, what I really wanted was a storefront where I had, you know, the big glass um, windows to see in the store, but I'm working with what I have and mm-hmm. I'm still making it uh, into the brand that I want it to be. So I never expected it. And sometimes, you know, you don't know where your business can go, but you just got to go with the flow. And in doing so, you're going to see, you know, how far you've come when you look back at it, like, oh my gosh, I used to sew in a small little room up there. (laughs) I have the full unit. It looks completely different. So um, just again, you know, adapting to these small things and taking advantage of the small opportunities that come your way and making the best of it. And it doesn't matter where you start, right? Whether it's in your kitchen or your living room, you know, it's, it's, it will grow from there. Doesn't matter where you start. It will Mm -hmm. grow from there. (laughs) And are you someone who in making decisions, especially around, you know, growing your business and um, kind of developing, you know, your concept further, do you make decisions based more on intuition? Generally, are you somebody who looks at data? What does that process look like for you? Um, so for me, I think initially everything is intuition for me. 
um, as I am still growing and I'm still learning, I'm understanding that I do need to pay attention to the data because the data mm-hmm. is going to give you information about what your customers like or don't like. Um, but essentially, my my first thing is just going with my gut and what I feel. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, as I'm learning, I'm trying to, you know, do a little bit more of the data aspect. I'm the visionary coming up with the ideas. Now I mm-hmm. need to actually look at the paperwork and see what the numbers tell me. That makes a lot of sense. And what kind of support network did you, you know, build around you? Were there advisors early on, you know, people whose expertise you saw um, in really helping you kind of get to the next level uh, with, with the business? I think for me, everything was trial and error. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked with a big corporation and in working with this company, um, I always was impressed by how they adapted to, you know, economical changes, right. how they were able to pivot the business to, um, you know, cater to other things or offer other stuff. Uh, when times were changing, they were always adapting So I actually used that as inspiration in my small business and said, you know, I feel like these big corporations all work under the same um, ideas, right? Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. I can use these and implement it into my small business. Mm -hmm. And I think once I realized that I can do the same things on a smaller scale, Mm -hmm. um, once I realized that I was able to see oh, okay, this is why that was a mistake when I did it this way the first time, or this is why I need to change how I'm doing this. So I didn't have a mentor or an advisor per se. Mm -hmm. It was more so of me just learning from every error I've made, every feed, all the feedback I've got, and um, just looking at bigger businesses and seeing what do they do? um, How do they handle um, adversity or different changes? Right, right. What do you consider was the biggest, you know, in, in based off of what you were just talking about, the biggest mistake or, you know, the biggest obstacle you had to overcome uh, in your first few years? Um, I think I had a lot of obstacles to overcome. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Um, but I would say something for the main thing for me was just, um, Continuing to trust in myself, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah so obstacles always arise in terms of like right now, for example, I'm renovating my store and running into obstacles with getting the right funding and and um, support for the growth of my business. Um, so I think every time there is an obstacle, what I what I can say I do is just try my best to look at the positive through it. Um, so as there have been many, um, even just listening to customer feedback. And I remember when I started my business, if a customer said something, um, you know, they didn't like the way how this looked on the, something looked on their body, or they didn't like the way, um, you know, the garment was made. I would take these things to heart and take them personally and, you know, Mm -hmm. have it really affect me as a person Whereas I had to really get out of that and realize, look, these are lessons for you to learn from. Mm -hmm, If someone mm -hmm. is telling you this, that means, you know, there's room for growth on your side. Mm -hmm. And all you can do at this time is really take this negative feedback, uh, however you want to take it, 
and use it to, to make you a better company, a better business, a better person. Um, and I compared myself to Apple, for example, uh, there's millions of Apple users, but yet there's always someone complaining about the iPhone of course, or the, yeah, this yeah. and that. And I, and I buy them every year when they're upgrading, <laughs> right? So yeah. I am victim to it as much as I may complain. So it's okay. You will have good and bad feedback. It's just what you do with that. Absolutely. And it's a reality for all companies across all industries. Exactly. Um, Fashion, especially in Canada, can be a challenging industry. We've seen uh, the ups and downs and a lot of downs for retail, you know, over the past few years. Um, Was that kind of a, you know, scary prospect to you? And in launching your company and, you know, looking to work with partners or suppliers, um, was it, you know, were you aware of, of challenges linked to uh, kind of the, you know, the risks around the industry and the reality that the industry has been facing the, this past little, little while? Um, I think I wasn't aware at first, um, but for me, what happened that um, was like almost a reality check for myself was when COVID came around. Of course. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. COVID happened and I thought, who is buying a dress in COVID? Like <laughs> no one's going to go anywhere. So yeah, especially when, dress. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So what am I doing right now? And I was a little spooked and I thought, again, let me get ahead of this. Um, I started a second business, mm-hmm. which was like fitness products to sell on Amazon. Right. Um, in the midst of that, uh, mask started to become uh, a trend, become a necessity, a, become yeah. a necessity essentially. Yeah. So um, I started making some masks. I said, you know what, let me make some masks um, and see how that goes. And the first month, this is when masks had just became mandatory. Right. Um, so they weren't readily ac- accessible in all of these stores like they are now. Um, I said, let me sell some on Etsy Marketplace. And I used that platform. And the first month, I sold $20,000 worth of mask. Oh, I, nice. I was shocked because <laughs> had anyone told me before... I would not believe you. I would like these massive $5. Like who's going to like, it's not that serious. Who's going to care? But my masks were like custom sequins, glitter, sparkly. It was a little different from the regular mask. Mm. And I think when I pivoted the business temporarily in that time of um, adversity, I was able to scale and actually grow because in doing so, people then were still seeing my products, my dresses, it's still ordering my gowns for photo shoots. And that's mm-hmm. just their way of celebrating their special day. They weren't going anywhere. They did a photo shoot in their house. Right. Um, mm-hmm. I was able to see that, you know what, it, when times get rough, you do have to always figure out a way to maneuver through the situation and how you can make it benefit yourself. Um, so for me, I understand that, especially in the retail world, given that time, everything was online. Everyone Mm -hmm. was ordering stuff online. So, okay, let me create a better website. Let me, you know, look at some shipping uh, methods that are faster than the regular shipping methods that I use now. Um, Really just understanding and seeing where society was at that time, where the world was, 
and, and using that. So I feel as long as you understand what's happening around you and whatever business that you're in, if you find a way to maneuver and, and look at it for the advantages and take that to grow, you'll be successful no matter what's happening to you. This season of The Brand is Female is made possible with the support of TD Women and Enterprise, and they're about confidently building you. As a woman entrepreneur myself, I know I need all the support I can get. It takes sound advice, puts guidance to the right connections, tools, and resources. What's great about TD Services for Women in Business is their collaborative approach. TD can facilitate and connect you to workshops, coaching, and mentorship, and they engage other like-minded business leaders in an authentic way, so we can all share experiences and learn from each other. TD Women in Enterprise has banking specialists who are able to be proactive in the advice and guidance they give to women in business. Do you find that there's enough support for the industry and for entrepreneurs in fashion in Canada? And have you taken advantage of any of that support that exists? I don't think there is enough support. I don't think we have enough communities for women to women entrepreneurs specifically to get together and discuss the trials and errors that they're going through. Mm -hmm. There were many times where I was going through something and I wish I had an entrepreneur friend to to ask advice and say, how do I handle this customer? How do I handle this situation with this employee? I didn't have that. Um, I, I, I was given the opportunity now to find some communities where there are females who have mentors or mentees. And I'm trying to get myself in that place uh, because I have had a lot of, of, of females who are up and coming designers come to me asking me if um, I'm able to give them advice on how to start their business Or am I able to do lessons to show techniques on sewing? Or can I give recommendations on suppliers? And that alone lets me know that we don't have enough support here. Because even myself, I'm not getting the support. And all of these other girls are coming to me looking for me for advice and support. Um, So I think we don't have enough. And if there is, if it's out there, it's not... um, it's not um, talked about enough. It's not big enough for us to get access to. Um, So I think that is something where we need to maybe make some improvements on that. Yeah. um, Or, you know, have more awareness, um, show more awareness to these, to these um, little communities for us women entrepreneurs. Right. Right. No, that makes, uh, that makes a lot of sense. What is one thing, maybe there's more than one, but what's the first one that comes to mind? Um, Something you've learned about yourself in the process of launching your own business. So I hear from a a lot of female founders that, you know, going into into business uh, was as much a professional as a personal exercise in, in terms of growth and development. So what's one lesson or one thing that uh, has surfaced for you during that time? Um, I think for myself, it's understanding that obstacles are going to happen. Mm -hmm. If there were no obstacles, I mean, there's nothing to really grow from. So you, you, it's okay to expect that things are going to happen. Mm -hmm. Now it's what you do when these things happen that sets you apart. And that's going to either help you on a personal level or on a business level. 
Um, so for me, um, just understanding how to talk to employees, how to talk to my customers and, and dealing with different personalities and all of these things, it, it's really important to understand that it's okay to make a mistake. Mm-hmm. It's okay to mess up. No one is perfect. It's just, again, learning from this and taking as much information you can um, to, to see how you will do things differently in the future and how you can use these you know, lessons to make yourself better. So for me, when things get rough, and there's a lot of bad things, maybe it seems bad at the time or negative things happening at the time. It's just, you know, taking that time to really um, give myself that self-motivation that maybe I don't have from other people. And you're your Mm -hmm. biggest cheerleader. And knowing that even though people, um, you may not, you may feel like you don't have the support, you you have the support out there. People are watching you. Mm-hmm. They're watching your business. They're inspired by you. And um, you going through the tough times is showing them that there's hope for them and their business as well. Or Absolutely. that maybe what they're going through isn't as bad. And like, it's okay to make, it's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to mess up. I wish I had someone telling me this when I started, like mm-hmm. I was so hard on myself. Um, but now I understand that it's okay. And, and in going forward, again, it's really just about taking these, these lessons and using them to, to better yourself and better the people around you as well. Right, right. What is your definition of success? And has it changed over the last little while? If we had this conversation five, 10 years ago, would the answer have been different then? Um, definition of success um, for me I feel I'm really hard on myself. I'm trying to work on that. But for me, um, I set goals. And every time I get to the goal, I'm feeling like, but I'm still not where I want to be yet. Like, I'm nowhere near where I'm trying to go. And I had to learn that you have to celebrate the small milestones. You have to give yourself a pat on the back for all the small things that you're doing day in and day out. Um so I'm learning and, and I think my vision or my definition of success has now changed. Whereas before success to me would have been maybe a number, right. it may have been, you know, maybe I've hit this, uh, this certain number when I get to that number, now I can say I'm successful or when I get at that store or that second location, now I'm successful. Or when I get this number of employees, now I'm successful. Or this much followers on Instagram, now mm-hmm. I'm successful. Right. And I'm realizing that these are these are goals, but it doesn't... I am already successful. Mm-hmm. Every small milestone that I have overcome and every small step that I've taken... I am successful right now. And it's about appreciating these small steps. Um, that is so important. So I think now my definition of success, rather than it being a specific number or specific thing, is is more so about, you know, celebrating the small milestones and, and not forgetting that s- success has to do with the process and mm. the journey, mm-hmm. just as much as it is about that end goal, yeah. I think it's even more important that that the journey that we're taking is is the success. That's mm-hmm. the story. That's what makes you at the end. Absolutely. So I think that's yeah. what it would be for me. Yeah, I got chills when you were saying that. So that's very well oh. said. <laughs> um, Thank you. 
how, how do you view yourself as a leader? Um, you've, you know, you've talked about being, you realize you're a source of inspiration for your community, for other entrepreneurs who see you growing your business. You have a team. And what qualities or what uh, characteristics do you think you bring to your role as a leader, you know, at the helm of your company? So um, I am a mother. I have four children. Okay. I, I, I run a business. I was an employee of a corporation mm-hmm. the whole time I managed my business. So I have many hats that I'm wearing at different times. Um, in respect to the question regarding being a leader, um, for me, a leader is someone who has a vision and is able to share this vision with others. And those people also then begin to share the same vision as myself. And in doing so, people will, will, will be as passionate about your brand as you are because they see the vision. They understand mm-hmm. where this company is going, what the potential is for it. So as a leader, it's important to me to always motivate my employees to always understand that there is room for growth for all of us. And that as together as a team, I alone cannot do this by myself. Um, I can do all of the little tasks. I can sew, I can talk to customers, I can deal with the banks, I can market, I can do social media postings. I can do each and every one of these things, but together as a team, when you delegate tasks, when you leave the onus and the ownership of certain roles to other people, together as a team, it helps you, you grow together and you accomplish these goals together. So it's important as a leader to be able to, to allow people around you to take on some of those hats. Mm -hmm. It's okay that you cannot do everything at every given moment and letting go of that. I think it's hard for some women as entrepreneurs because you want to, you're used to doing every little aspect yourself and being a perfectionist in every single aspect that it's hard for you to delegate and allow someone else to take control. Like being running a business, this business is your baby, right? This is your little baby. You're leaving your baby to someone else to take control over, even if it's just (laughs) a small thing. Mm -hmm. So it's hard to let go sometimes, but we have to be okay with knowing that in doing so, as long as our team is on the same page and we share the same vision, that everyone and what they're doing will be in the best interest of your baby, of this business. Um, So to me, being a visionary as a leader is an important to share that that vision with your team so that you guys can all grow and and together it's a, it's a, it's a team effort to hit those milestones and to to get that ultimate goal right right i loved every aspect of that answer um i want to ask you what would be your top two or three pieces of advice for someone a woman who is starting uh, or considering starting their business Believe in yourself. Believe in yourself. It may sound cliche. It may sound, you know, but in reality, it is so important because you are going to have so many obstacles. That's reality of a business, of anything in life, even not business, personal. Obstacles are going to come. You just have to understand and accept that that is the case 
and know that it's your choice and control of how you're going to handle that situation. So coming into business, you have to be strong-minded. You have to understand that sometimes you may feel like you're in it alone. You may feel like you don't have the support of your fellow um, friends, um, uh, family members. You have to be that voice in the back of your head that keeps you going. And if you can't do that for yourself, then who's going to do it for you, right? Mm -hmm. You have to be that voice in the back of your head that pushes you to continue going. So believing in yourself is the most important thing I can say to any person who's starting in business. And I feel like when you're starting a business, the first year is the hardest. The first Mm -hmm. year you're Mm -hmm. nitpicking about little things. Oh, my logo. Oh, um, my, my website. Oh, my shipping. Oh, you know, (laughs) you're nitpicking about the tiniest details that maybe someone looking on the outside in would never even, you know, think about or mm-hmm. care. We care so much and we then become our biggest bullies. Um, we are already um, hindering our success before we've even had the success. Right. Um, so that's my number one tip I would say. And um, also feel and, and be, be, don't be afraid to reach out for help if you feel you mm. do need it. Yeah. Yeah. Don't be afraid one. to ask people you know, for advice or suggestions. It's okay to not know all the answers. It's okay. And I feel like the, my biggest advice maybe would be just get started. If you are interested in becoming an entrepreneur, or you are thinking about that side business, don't be afraid to start. Mm -hmm, Uh, mm -hmm. Sometimes we feel like we need to have all our ducks in a row before we can start. Absolutely. Oh, I'm going to start it, but I'm just waiting on this thing or (laughs) I'm going to, but I'm just waiting on this other thing. It's not perfect yet. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's not perfect, but it's never going to be perfect. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It won't be. And the best thing I can say is once you start, you then learn, oh, okay, now I know what I need to do over here. Once you start, you then get more questions. Like you, you answer questions that you didn't know you may have, may have had unless you started. Mm -hmm. Right. So you have to start. And in the world that we live in today, sometimes the nine to five alone doesn't cut it. Yeah. There is so much things happening and you know, the cost of living continues to go up. It's very common now for someone to work their nine to five job and have a whole business on the side. Absolutely. It's becoming a normal thing. So don't be afraid to get started mm-hmm. and believe in yourself. And, you know, don't be afraid to ask other people for help every step of the way. Right. Right. Very good advice. And in closing, what's on your, you know, on your vision board for 2023, what are things that you're working on and looking forward to with the business this year? So we are in the midst of renovations. And I tell you, this has been the most stressful part of my business, I think, to date, um, because it's, it's, it's a lot of money that's involved. And in doing so, I realized how being a female it, 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 it has an impact on you when you are trying to get financing and trying to get things approved mm. with the banks. Yeah. Um, you know, just the fact that you are a mother, it automatically, it's okay, but how is she going to do this if she's that? Or how is this going to take place? So I feel like, you know, that's something that, um, anyways, I think I've talked about that enough. <laughs> Let me stick to the topic. Um, we are working on 
finishing these renovations, we are rebranding our business. So in the next few months, we will have a brand new store, a brand new um, a brand um, showcasing luxury. We want our customers to feel this experience when they walk into our store, yeah. when they talk to our staff on the phone, when they, for the whole process, we want it to be a luxurious one every step of the way. Um, towards the end of the year, we are doing, we are planning to have our first fashion show um, where we are getting hosts coming in from the States. We want to have collections featuring drag, uh, drag um, uh, clothing. Yeah. Um, we want to really expand our market and really get out there um, and showcase to the world what we are capable of as a small business here in Toronto. Um, so look out for our new store. Um, are in our fashion show that we plan to do at the end of the year. Those are the two biggest things that are on my vision board for 2023. Oh, well, that's very exciting. Can't wait to see uh, what comes of all these projects. And thank you so much for making time to speak with me today. It was really great hearing about your journey and you had wonderful insights and advice for, for fellow entrepreneurs. So thank you for that. Thank you so much again for having me, for allowing me to be on this platform. Um, I appreciate you taking the time to talk with me um, and even hear my story. Little old me, someone wants to hear about it, right? <laughs> Absolutely. So, so, so again, that's celebrating all the milestones. I appreciate you having me here today. And I hope maybe we can talk again in the future. Absolutely. It'll be my pleasure. Thank you to TD Women and Enterprise for their support of The Brand is Female. You've got it in you to succeed. Let TD help guide you. Visit thebrandisfemale.com slash podcast and click on the TD logo. Thank you for listening today. If you did enjoy the show, don't forget to leave a review and subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. Thank you so much for listening to a podcast by The Brand is Female. I'm Ava Hartling, and this episode was produced by our team. Sound engineering by Isabel Morris. Research and production support, Claire Miglionico. Yeah.